How's it going, everybody? Today, I'm going to be talking Wonder Woman 1984, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, it's going to be spoiler-filled, and if you don't want to uh, know what happens or uh, have uh, like every little thing gone through, uh, turn back now. Enjoy the ad. Where do I start with Wonder Woman 1984? Um, let's start with uh, where we've seen her else, and I'm going to go from there. First time we saw Wonder Woman was Batman vs. Superman, and she was this mysterious woman who fought with a sword and a shield, and uh, not much to go on, but... Uh, Gal Gadot was one of the highlights of the film. Uh, Batman v Superman had its problems, like the script was not necessarily as great as it could be. Um, uh, the product that a lot of people saw was uh, cut up by the studio, and uh, it was divisive. Next time we see Wonder Woman was... I don't remember if it was her own movie or if it was Justice League. And I want to say it was her own movie, but I'm not entirely sure because I think Justice League was several years ago, whereas Wonder Woman was like uh, three years ago. So let's say Justice League is the second appearance. And Wonder Woman is this uh, super badass, like uh, has the ability to save people. Uh, like, like one of the most harrowing things is like... Uh, which I don't know if this was a Joss or a uh, Zach uh, scene, but these French uh, uh, nihilists are going to kill a lot of children because uh, Superman is dead. I don't know. Um, the bomb doesn't go off, so uh, the one guy tries to shoot all the kids, and Wonder Woman stops every bullet. Uh, you know, little things like that, like uh, very heroic stuff, and it, like, what was great about it was that it was, like, a little bit unique, because, uh, at a certain point, um, like, superheroes sort of blend together, uh, like, if you look at, like, the powers of, uh, a lot of, like, bad guys or good guys, it's like, they're really strong, and they shoot blasts out of their hands, so, where they differentiate themselves is their personality, their, uh, their love interest, uh, their occupation. Uh, so, Wonder Woman uh, was still, like, in, in, probably because, like, it was a mix of Zack and Joss. The Wonder Woman in uh, Justice League was very much... Um, Sword and shield, warrior ready to fight. Uh, the first movie in her solo franchise was, I'm going to say, a breath of fresh air because not a lot of superhero movies are period pieces. Like you have Captain America, you have, uh, like, the. The X Men uh, 
soft reboots uh, where they went back in time to ex uh, explain the original X-Men in the Fox universe. Um, so, Wonder Woman, the first one, you get to see Themyscira, uh, more of it. You see the like uh, the costume design approach to uh, what roles people play, uh, what the the queen and her sister are like, the the training sequences. The action is very much um, uh, I don't want to say grounded, but yeah, sword, shields, uh, horse riding, bows and arrows. Uh, the, these women train hard to be the best. And okay, so Steve Trevor comes to the island. One of them was like, oh, there's a great war going on over there. Uh, like, we have to stop it. It must be the work of Ares. Uh, and it's actually been uh, revealed, like, years later, which we all kind of knew, but the the Ares battle at, at the end of Wonder Woman was tacked on by the studio because they felt like there wasn't a, uh, like, a, uh, a proper CG-filled, uh, like, battle. So it was just, like, Ares, it, Ares is, like, a dude, which, by the way, the reveal of Ares was nice. And a lot of people said, well, why don't we just end it on a feel-good note and then just, like, tease Ares. Uh, but you know what? I, I, was I was fine with the ending we got because, it, like, it was conventional enough, but it was... We got the training sequences of Tebeskira. We got the World War One battle sequences. We got the No Man's Land and... Trying to remember if No Man's Land was followed up by the sniper, which, by the way, uh, the like the the craft in these um, sequences was clearly there, and it was great. Okay, now let's go to 1984. The trailer was awesome. However, the trailer was a lot of the movie. The uh, plot of the movie in 1984 is that um, this uh, black market uh, jewel uh, jewelry store is like fronted in a mall, but in reality, in the back, they have all these um, uh, rare antiquities. So there's this dream stone that if you hold on to it and make a wish, you get your wish. However, it's a, like as Steve Trevor points out, and fucking brilliantly, uh, it's a monkey's paw. So whatever you wish for, it's going to come at a cost that you're not expecting. So Maxwell Lord, who is this uh, con man, uh, um, fast talker, uh, Ponzi schemer that uh, like made, made bad bets and uh, it's costing him. He wants the stone to uh, have the power to make his wishes come true. 
and see the stone does it like arbitrarily he does it like calculatingly and you're introduced to Barbara Minerva uh, as this mousy, plucky, happy-go-lucky um, uh, wants to be noticed uh, like played by Kristen Wiig which by the way let me just say this up front um, aside from a few bit players there are no bad actors here there is no bad jobs done uh, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord has uh, a certain magnetism to him like uh, like a certain um, he's like if, if you've seen him in other movies uh, you're gonna know it's Pedro Pascal however you can clearly see that he's like doing work that's different and I would have loved to have seen this performance done in a Justice League international movie which by the way I'm gonna get to that later Kristen Wiig uh, goes from like 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 she finds a way to look uh, shorter in like like she's like bumbling or whatever like it's very much like Superman like Clark Kent sort of deal uh, for like the Christopher Reeves version with uh, Richard Donner uh, where through, as the movie progresses you can see uh, the 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 personality change and it's oblivious to uh, the other character is kind of oblivious to it uh, but the 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 performance she does is very good and I, I would have liked to have seen her do more but I'll get to that later Gal Gadot um, uh, I think it was Mark Bernard who called her the Arnold Schwarzenegger of the uh, like the, the of like female actors it's like maybe not the best actor but like has that film star quality to her which by the way okay uh I, I don't think it was a derisive i do think she can act however uh she doesn't have have to uh like like lift mountains here um so Barbara Minerva finds the uh, Dreamstone and wishes she was like Diana, which gives her powers, gives her um, uh, like people's attention. And what was what was great about the uh, movie is it's like if it, it follow the basic white hat, black hat, uh, bad guy uh, stuff. It's like whenever you see like like you see uh, the two women roll up to the party. Uh, Kristen Wiig is, is like, uh, wearing a form-fitting dress, uh, that really does, like, that she doesn't, I don't want to say comfortable, however, like, like, she doesn't have that confidence in her. Meanwhile, uh, Gal Gadot shows up in a white dress, uh, like, that has a slit down the center, and, uh, like, she just shows up, to, like, I am here, so... The, the Wishing Rock was not the greatest plot device. Uh, like, there was a couple things in it where um, they find this one guy to uh, expand, explain the whole situation. Which, by the way, really? 
like like one guy that's like a stoner in his uh, apartment that has like this book of the Mayans like that's the uh, the scene that explains everything really uh, if the dude had been uh, some which he might be I don't know like a comic book character like it could have been uh, if Madame Xanadu was a uh, fortune teller that explains uh, things to people or you know what how about Diana like calls her mom and says hey uh, did you ever hear of this um, uh, wishing rock thing because Maxwell Lord absorbs the wishing rock so that he can have the power of the wishing rock and he can uh, like control the like when whenever someone gets their wish he takes from them and he helps himself like that's the cost now uh, when he does that it leaves a ring behind and inside it, the front of the ring was Latin the back of the ring was the language of the gods which by the way I'm not saying every time Wonder Woman has to have a movie that it, it uh, ends up with a god, but you know what? Uh, like, if Wonder Woman just said out loud, Zeus, Ares, anybody, what the hell does this language say? It would have been way cooler. We, it was like some no-name god that uh, made it. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure that there there has to be a myth uh, that actually is very similar to this one. Uh, maybe have the god who created the rock and uh, the myth show up in the movie. Just throwing it out there. So. The. 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 Steve Trevor uh, by Chris Pine is a great uh, performance. However, um, there it, it's not above criticism. So, the way the Wishing Rock worked was in order for um, uh, in order for Steve Trevor to come back. Diana wished for, but she didn't say out loud. Like, like you knew what her wish was. Like, she didn't say what her wish was, but like she held the rock and she knew it. And like it was like, okay, I, I got gotcha. you. I hear you. And all of a sudden, this uh, random dude walks up to Diana at a party and, and says, "Diana, it's like I don't know you, Diana." It's like, uh, and the dude says the last line. From, that Steve's told her and hands her his watch and Diana immediately knows oh this is Steve like return from the dead but Steve is in another man's body but for uh, our uh, for the audience though uh, it looks like Steve is back and I did not it was annoying because like really uh, wishing rock they can grant any wish like has to have like some dude uh, like uh, get hit get like possessed by Steve which by the way 
here are two fixes uh, to that immediately. One, uh, actually do something with it because uh, the guy for like, uh, I don't know how long this movie takes place for, like a couple days, a week. Uh, the guy, um, there, there's no plot to it. Uh, like, it's not like the guy has like a sister or a boss that's like calling to see where he is. Like, how come this guy hasn't shown up for working uh, a week? Uh, like, and plus like the online reaction was like, well, that guy got raped by Wonder Woman. Like, 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 uh, the dude did not consent to having Steve, uh, Trevor in his body or whatever, but, uh, fix number two, that random dude, uh, like, he sees Wonder Woman, and I wish she would love me, I wish I could have a girl like that, it's like, okay, you can have a girl like that, but guess what, she's only gonna love one guy, so you're gonna be him, like, that, like, uh, would have been interesting. So, this movie was supposed to come out, I think, a year and a half ago in June, uh, or then it got pushed back to November, then it got uh, pushed back later, and then uh, pandemic hits. So, the uh, problem I have with the movie is that... Um, It really takes its time at two and a half hours. Like, uh, the, the opening sequence of Young Diana, which you see it in the trailer, they're doing, uh, their version of the Olympics and there's this, uh, image of a woman with wings and armor and you find out later that uh, those games were to honor Azaria, who was the woman who, uh, wearing a suit of gold armor that you see in the trailer, um, uh, she's she was the rear guard as the Amazons escaped to the world of men and uh, took on all the armies of uh, man. Now, um, you see the armor later. Uh, Diana just happens to have it. And the end credit sequence of the stinger is that Linda Carter is walking around and saves this mother and her child uh, from a pole that was going to fall down. And uh, she just keeps walking by and she tells them her name is Azaria. Now, I am fine with this. However, uh, Mark Bernard uh, kind of pointed out, like, which, by the way, I highly recommend people check out the Fat Man Beyond episode on uh, this movie because there was a lot of, like, Kevin Smith is, uh, is a fan and he uh, really enjoys uh, seeing, like, things from his childhood, uh, things that he grew up with uh, in movies. But even still, like, he had, even he had criticisms of this. And uh, Mark Bernard and kind of, like, he, Kevin Smith knew knew Mark could do it, so it's like, Mark, make this a better movie. Go. And for about 10 minutes, uh, 
Mark describes like the movie he wished he got and or he could have had, and I'm like his movie was pretty damn good. So if like uh, online, like a lot of people rocked with Wonder Woman. However, a lot of people were like, "What the hell?" And uh, some of the thing I know. Not for fact, but I know how sequels get made. You see, you have a, a first movie. Like, you have all these people that uh, could be involved, might be involved. Um, you have, let's let's say a movie takes 20 years to get made because uh, the Wachowskis made a script on Wonder Woman that was, uh, that Wonder, Woman, Wonder Warner Brothers liked, but they didn't make. There was a Joss Whedon Wonder Woman that they didn't do. They there was a um, so many other options. Now, all the executives that have been shepherding in uh, a project before it gets made, they have ideas. Um, there was this one uh, news story that broke a couple years ago that explained how. Um, the the Halle Berry Catwoman was supposed to be played by uh, Michelle Pfeiffer uh, as a spinoff of the Michael Keaton Batman Returns. Now, the original script had um, the woman, or uh, uh, Selena Kyle, uh, she would be in the hospital and she would have, after she got zapped, she would have uh, gone back to um, being like the woman she was before she fell, before she turned into Catwoman. And she would go home to her family and uh, her sister would be um, one of the people, I think maybe even the villain of whatever. She was going to, like the Sharon Stone character would have been very similar to her, all that. So, ugh. She would, like, it would have been a family business uh, deal. Anyway, um, uh, Kevin Smith also tell, t- told the story of Superman Lives and uh, that one of the producers wanted a giant spider. Well, uh, they couldn't do it in Superman Lives. So in Wild Wild West, uh, the Will Smith vehicle... Um, same producer, and it turned out that the guy made a giant spider, mechanical giant spider, as a weapon. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the the people in charge, um, they have ideas, and if they're the ones that stick around, because well, I'm trying to think uh, what it was. Uh, supposedly, the villain that was going to be in the fifth Batman movie. I'm not talking about Begins. I'm talking about, like, if they had done another... I don't think with George Clooney, but if they had done something after Batman and Robin, there was gonna there was a rumor that it was going to be uh, Rachel Ghoul and Harley Quinn or Scarecrow or uh, Harley Quinn. Like, those were rumors, and that was, like, uh, early days of the Internet um, where... 
you couldn't get much online. However, uh, tabloids were very interested in uh, asking the producers, uh, like, who would you see next? And they're like, oh, we haven't done this villain yet. Process of elimination. Like, that was before they had reboots. Um, So, with Wonder Woman, uh, there was a lot of people that had ideas going into it. I think that's how they got the uh, 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 World War I stuff. The issue with sequels, though, is once you have, a, like, a giant movie that you know is going to make bank, which, by the way, uh, this pan- the pandemic really fucked that movie because if Warner Brothers had just released it when they were supposed to, because uh, they moved it because uh, Aquaman did so well, or there was another tentpole movie that they didn't want it, uh, they wanted that one to succeed, so they were like, all right, we're just going to move this back a little bit. And then pandemic hits, and they're like, fuck. How the fuck are we supposed to release this? And I don't know how HBO Max went, but uh, I know a lot of people that had issues accessing the movie just because of the volume of people like clicking, watching it. Uh, me, personally, when I was watching it, I, I was so annoyed, like, three-quarters of the way through. Like... I could deal with, like, the less-than-stellar graphics because my internet connection was fuzzy. Um, but when it actually stopped or whatever, because I, I think tra- traffic was an issue or my internet was an issue, I was like, I really want to see this in the fucking theater. Which, by the way, I got mine uh, through a free trial of HBO Max because I picked up Cyberpunk, so... Great Christmas gift, actually. All right, so... The mo- the sequel problem is like Transformers Two. You know, like like even though there's like a couple credited writers, there's a hundred different people that had notes and had their own guy submit something. So uh, there was three people listed as writer: Jeff Johns, Patty Jenkins, and Callahan. Now I don't know who uh, was in charge of what. However. Um, I know for a fact that, that uh, whatever movie that they started with uh, is not the movie they ended up with. That's every movie. However, um, I'm really curious about Vision here because uh, like Jeff Johns has, has not had some uh, favorable uh, things thrown his way. Um, Zack Snyder is still a producer uh, on this. Patty Jenkins, I believe, is a producer on this now, which she also uh, co-wrote some of the script. Uh, so, this movie has a couple problems in that... I'm going to get into nitty-gritty stuff after this. One, it tried to be wholesome... So, it tried to be wholesome, and... Where the fuck are these rocks coming from? There's a fucking dump truck somewhere around here that's fucking kicking up rocks. 
So, the movie tries to be wholesome. Like, one guy on Twitter called it a Hallmark movie, and he wasn't wrong. The uh, movie starts out with a child learning a lesson, and the lesson she learns is uh, you can't take shortcuts. Uh, like, you have to, like, embrace the truth. So, the... The villain of Maxwell Lord makes sense in that because he's all about greed. You can have more. You can have it all. Well, truth of the matter is, you can't have it all. Uh, the And then she, he finds a wishing stone that uh, allows him to have anything he wants. However, at great cost. And then... Meanwhile, he has a son named Alistair, which, by the way, comics-wise, I think they, I don't, like, I think Al was, like, his companion or whatever, but uh, Alistair, like, as far as I know, uh, I didn't know he had a son. Anyway, uh, uh, he is the worst father possible to Alistair, and uh, it's Alistair that, like, makes him realize I have to, uh, like, uh, give this up, and, like, like, Cheetah, it's like, uh, renounce your wish, it's like, never, like, five minutes later, oh, she's human again, mind you, nitpicking-wise, if Maxwell Lord renouncing his wish was what, uh, took away Cheetah's powers and took away all the powers of everyone else, and then, uh, it would have been great. It would have been, like, that would have worked out for me because that way, uh, Cheetah is, like, like, you took away the, the one thing that uh, I truly loved, which was, uh, being, uh, powerful. Uh, the, uh, nitpicking-wise, like, Mark Bernard's version of the film where it's, like, uh, Maxwell Lord is, like, a tertiary, uh, character, uh, like, even if you keep the wishing stone and that's how uh, Cheetah gets her powers like have Cheetah wish she was Diana uh, so that uh, Cheetah gets her powers and then let's have uh, Diana wish for Steve Trevor which is also the cost of her powers so she becomes this like much weaker version of herself which by the way uh, this whole movie was a like was supposed to show that, like, there was going to be, like, uh, weaknesses that, that Diana, uh, couldn't handle, uh, certain situations, like, on a sliding scale basis, and one of the moments that it's supposed to show that is, um, uh, there's these two kids playing in the street in Cairo, and a tank is about to hit them, so Diana, uh, rides a rocket, uh, with her lasso to the kids, uh, swings and picks the kids up. However, she can't hold on to the lasso, so she falls, and the kids just, like, happily walk away. Uh, if this movie didn't try to be so damn wholesome, uh, it would have been a lot better, because, it, like, uh, stakes and consequences. Though That's how you hype up a movie. It's like, oh, she's got to save the kids. 
Oh shit, she can't hold on. Oh shit, she just fell riding a rocket at high speeds, rolled with those kids, and they got up fine. Uh, because it's a wholesome movie, the kids can't uh, die. Ugh. Then, uh, final scene, like, she has to fight, uh, Max, she has to stop Maxwell Lord, who is this all-powerful being because, uh, he has this access to, uh, uh, particle, uh, Star Wars, uh, you know, uh, movie magic, uh, I'm going to be on every TV, I'm going to talk to people, I'm going to touch them particle-wise, I guess that works. Um, Diane, I, I'm fully expecting Diana to snap his neck. Uh, but it happened in the comics. It's not going to happen here. The, because the movie is too wholesome. The if she, And if she had done it on live television or whatever... Uh, everyone would have seen her do it. So, anyway, uh, the nitpicking things about this movie are they set the movie in the 80s. I think they had three 80s songs in it, and the rest was Hans Zimmer. It wasn't even Hans Zimmer through the filter of the 80s. It was just, oh, it was just, like, there was like maybe a couple Duran Duran songs, like a Blue Monday. Um, like a lot of people were like, "Why couldn't we just set this somewhere else?" Uh, but if the president looked more like Ronald Reagan, I think it would have been uh, interesting. If this this was one of those movies, I think whoever the people were in charge. Uh, I don't think they all saw eye to eye, and what you get is this Frankenstein vision. So whoever wanted it to be wholesome, uh, whatever studio exec, whatever uh, creative type, there was that. Uh, But Wonder Woman's always had this problem where it's like, she's a warrior mother. Uh, She is a uh, superhero that can fight monsters, but she's also gonna tell the kids uh, a bedtime story. And, like, it's hard to get that balance uh, in the comics. I can only imagine how hard it is getting that balance uh, in uh, a movie with uh, a million uh, people, like, uh, with an opinion on how it should go. The, The one criticism I have is for... A movie about uh, a powerful woman. Um, there's a lot of men uh, dictating things uh, that are uh, kind of integral to the plot. Like, Steve Trevor found Wonder Woman and brought her into the New World. And uh, and he, like, kind of deferred to her because, like... Uh, you can definitely fight better than I can, and you're more powerful. However, uh, like the balance in the first movie was great because it's like, it's like, all right, I know a couple things and I know about how bad things are. However, I, 
I believe in you, I believe in hope. Wonder Woman in uh, 1984 is like, my great love died 70 years ago, I've held a candle, but a lot of people were like, that's kind of disrespectful to the people moving on, but I was like, um, it makes sense, because you're dealing with a woman who's, like, all of her friends from 1917 are dead, uh, Etta Candy is, was old in the 50s, or the, or whatever that picture was taken, uh, 50s or 60s, when, I don't know, black and white, uh, cameras were, uh, common, um, like, this woman is going to, uh, live a long time, and, like, people move on with their lives when they have, uh, 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 like, a little bit of life left, when they have a lot of bit of life left, it's like, nope, not doing that again, but I understand the logic. Uh, Maxwell, like, I, the logic of the Dreamstone and Maxwell Lord being the villain was just, like, there, like, it it was a problem to solve, but it was like a, uh, like, there was no connection, there was no care, like, uh, uh, the nice cast is someone I follow on Instagram, and basically it was like, I wish... Like, they did a version of Batman and the Joker with Wonder Woman and Cheetah. And I was like, I'm f- I'm all good with arch enemies and all that. However, not everything has to be Batman and the Joker. Uh, like, you don't have to have the worldview, uh, like, be uh, diametrically opposed. But, truthfully, if you told me that... Uh, that, uh, because someone said there was a lot of rainbows in the movie, so they were trying to, uh, like, uh, appease, like, the, uh, LGBTQ community, I was like, how about we go one step further, like, how about, uh, we position, like, Barbara and, uh, Diana as, like, if it, like, if it wasn't for, uh, like, Barbara's, um, just, like, lack of confidence and lack of self-appre- self-appreciation and all that stuff, uh, like, starts off as, as a friend, which, by the way, uh, I got heavy, uh, Jamie Foxx vibes, like, like, from Cheetah early on, I was like, oh, this is gonna be her villain story, uh, she gets powers and she turns into, like, that one fan that, uh, like, uh, like, uh, like, thinks too highly of themselves, uh, like, a la Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2, so, the, the idea that, all right, uh, Barbara and, um, Diana work together, Barbara, uh, has this, uh, adoration, this, uh, I want to be her vibe, uh, like, I want to be her friend, but, like, Diana is too busy or whatever, or, like, 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 if they, like, Diana was the first person that, like, noticed her and helped her out, but because she's Diana, not because, uh, uh, 
Like, she would have done it for anybody. But if Cheetah had gotten it into her head, oh, she did it for me. And, like, like, like if it was, like, a, one, a one-sided, unhealthy relationship, and then, uh, but here's the problem, though. Like, at some point, you have to introduce magic to uh, give uh, Cheetah uh, her powers. Because, like, it's always a totem. It's always, like, a, a thing that she finds. Um, the, the final fight between Cheetah and uh, Diana sort of kind of didn't make sense. If you told me it was tacked on, I would believe it. However, um, like, a lot of logic was, like, uh, left behind making this movie. Because, uh, when we see, uh, Barbara Minerva as Cheetah, um, like, tail, fur, everything, uh, like, like, she's not sexy, she's, like, uh, like, completely devoid of warmth and, uh, all that, but... She is stronger and faster than Diana, which I appreciate it because uh, too often, like, the superheroes have it easy. Like, Spider-Man 2 is great because, uh, you, like, you're dealing with uh, uh, Doc Ock, who, like the, like, the whole train fighting sequence, it's like, they don't have to play by the rules. They don't care about civilians. Uh, the heroes do. So... Like, they, like, the heroes have constraints and limitations. However, the, the logic of, uh, like, like, for example, Diana, like, uh, ditches her boyfriend and learns to fly because of it. Which, by the way, they had the invisible jet and learning to fly both in the same movie. I was like, oh, I was happy to see the invisible jet. I was, like, I was less ecstatic for the learning to fly, like, uh, by herself, because, <clears throat> because why die, uh, was, was, like, the thing that they did, the, the fight was in, in at night, Whenever I see CGI at night, I always assume that it's to make shit, make it look less. Uh, uh, but it, it's it's such an old trick. Every movie has done CGI at night. They'd be like, oh, you can't really see it, so it's gonna be uh, uh, like improved by that. No, it's not. The like the the effects were a little rubbery. It wouldn't surprise me if it was tagged on at the end, or like there was a lot of different options that were rendered differently. But uh, throughout the whole movie, as more the more powerful uh, Barbara gets, the more um, like like Kristen Wiig acts uh, with no personality. Not no personality. Her personality changes to uh, like like less warm, more cold, more exacting. And the the whole fur thing, 
was post uh, I don't think they needed to go full CGI on this like her whole transformation she went from black dress to uh, uh, fur coat to uh, to uh, like uh, cheetah print with like high boots or whatever if they had just like uh, like given her uh, like I'm not saying armor but like uh, like like give her like sort of a cat suit but sort of a uh, like uh, super friend suit where just like but you know what uh, like for whatever reason it's easier to like when you have multiple versions of a character like you can pick and choose Ugh. but if they had made it into armor as opposed to uh like a, a body transformation like i think uh people would have been like it's like oh we expected better but uh, you know what uh I'm not going to nitpick on that one because, like, they had a scene break. They had uh, an opportunity to, uh, to, like, do it, and they took it. So, I think I mentioned, like, there's no 80s music. There was a lot of 80s visuals. Like, when she's working out at the gym, like, like uh, when she is working out at the gym uh, to find out how strong she is. Uh, there was a, like a great scene of 80s muscle heads that are pretty much roided out, uh, because it was all guys that skipped leg day. So I, it was all chest. Uh, that was great. Um, the fact that she showed up in a leotard, which by the way, I don't think anyone, uh, any woman does anymore. Uh, to my knowledge, it was like that high cut, like Kristen Wiig did a hell of a job because, uh, she went from like power walking, uh, like like a lot of layers, mousy sort of, to uh, the uh, what you end up seeing. Just like even till the end, she like didn't really have confidence. Uh, but. Uh, I'm gonna end it right here. I've just been like trying to like uh, dig the mine. Was Wonder Woman 1984 bad? No. Uh, was it great? No. There was too much craft in there to be bad. However, like the logic and narrative is uh, clunky. Um, so it was really good on that end. Um, the ranking that I would have it at. Um, I'm trying to think what the best movie was. And I, I want to say The Man of Steel is still the best movie of the DCEU. Um, because like, that was the most consistent vision. Uh, Batman versus Superman, 
trying to think if it was better than that. I think it was as good as that. Uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, no. Uh, better than Suicide Squad. Aquaman. Is it better than Aquaman? Uh, it's as good as Aquaman. Truthfully, uh, I think Wonder Woman was the best DCU movie, and then Shazam right behind it, because the wholesomeness in that one actually worked. However, that was a smaller movie than this one. So, like, actually comparing, all, a lot of people were putting it dead last, so I was like, get the fuck out of here. There's no way that this is worse than Suicide Squad. It's not as good as, like, Wonder Woman 1 might be the best movie just because it did things with superheroes like, that was different, um, and it didn't have as many issues. Like, uh, like uh, that whole Ares fight scene at the end is way better than uh, Martha. Martha. How do you know that name? Martha. So, all right. Thank you for listening. Uh, check me out on YouTube. Check me out on uh uh, Facebook, Double Barrel Theater, is both of them, and it's uh, Double Barrel, T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Peace.